Hi, welcome back to the Nobody's Project Season 2. The Nobody's Project is a podcast and community where we talk to creatives, mostly in Portland, about their process, how they got to where they're at, where they want to go, how they make time for their art, and just, you know, what got them into it, all the things. We talk about all the creative things. This episode, we have Natalia. She is a painter as well as somebody who does lino cut prints and some music, but the primary focus is on painting. Uh, she makes absolutely gorgeous paintings, and I sat down in her studio and talked to her about her process, how she got there, and how she gets inspired to paint. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know I certainly did. This is season two of the Nobody's Project. And uh, today we have Natalia, who's a painter, uh, does architecture and a little bit of music and, you know, everything in between. Uh, the first question I always ask people is, what do you do for money? And then what do you do for art? Okay. And this is the same thing. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I do architecture full time and um, that's how I make my money. And then nice. for, I do art, I do oil painting, I do line cut prints, I play music. Um but art makes me some money, but my main <laughs> income is architecture. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the first question on that is how much does the art and architecture like overlap? Um, I would say marginally. My, <laughs> okay. my art, as you can see, is very much not architecture. Yeah. Um, but there's so much I learned from architecture school with how like people feel in a space and like oh. like how colors influence a room um and so i learned a lot about my own art and my own process through architecture school um but they're both creative processes but right. architecture is a lot more bureaucratic and yeah. um permit based than <laughs> art is so yeah um yeah i remember when i was in art school for all of one semester before i got such bad grades i had to leave um the only thing i could do well was like the the drawings of spaces so basically a lot of architecture stuff but that overlap for you is interesting how it's kind of much different it's more feelings based and then like looking at a lot of your stuff that i see on instagram a lot of it's like human body and a lot of color usage so where does like your inspiration come from for all the painting stuff opposed to like the architecture stuff yeah um a lot of it I got really good at shade and shadow from a young age and I was really fascinated from a young age on um, like wrinkles and like how to how to draw those and hands. Um, Which I so heard it's, is like the hardest thing to draw, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of. Um, but I like got good at that at a young age and then when I came back to art, um, it just felt so natural to start painting people. Mm -hmm. And um, there's something so expressive about humans, as we know. Um, yeah. And there's, I love painting movement. And so humans are moving and they're um, changing all the time. Yeah. So a landscape is really beautiful, but um, I'm not as like ready to paint a landscape yeah. as I am like humans. Yeah, it's uh, something that I found in like my photography as well is that I started with a lot of landscape stuff, and while it's okay, very beautiful, all that stuff, I found myself going way to more towards like people, because it's even though 
you know, you can take a take a mountain picture five thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. Something about like each person is different, and like each like day for that person is different, and there's just so much inherent emotion about it. And so, when you go to paint, are you painting off of like memory of something, or are you taking direct inspiration, or is it just whatever's coming out? It varies. Um, for like more detailed shade and shadow work i use a reference photo but sometimes i'll collect multiple reference photos take multiple reference photos of my own of people i know that um have the same lighting scheme sure. and kind of create my own um collection of kind of like movement through that yeah. um of people and then sometimes when i do do it just from memory I love it, but there's also a lot of like, there's such a nuance to shadow yeah. that gets lost in that because I can only remember so much yeah. of um, what a human looks like and like that secondary shadow and what that looks like. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to, because... I'm gonna. I I can pretend I know what shade and shadow technically is, but I'm just gonna ask straight up. Like, what is like the technical? Like, shade and shadow is seeing something, and I honestly have no idea for that in the painting sense. Um. Yeah. If you have like a light source coming from the right side, like for here mm -hmm. we have a light source coming here. It's illuminating this side of my face, but then um. So that's where the brightest point is. Mm -hmm. The darkest point isn't necessarily the opposite side because there's always a reflection from the wall. Yep across so there's always like the secondary shadow in mm. capturing that is like one of the most satisfying <laughs> yeah. and like painting changing um things you can do of capturing that like secondary light source um because it's so subtle and it's so gentle but um it really creates that believable yeah. sense of light and darkness oh, i love that uh it's just so interesting because i've never I think I painted when I was younger. I took like art classes and all that, mm -hmm. but I never like really truly got into it like mm -hmm. how you clearly did. Um, it, there's so much parallels between like lighting a scene for like video. Absolutely. That I was like, oh yeah, that it all kind of oh, makes together because you're making a you're making a frame mm -hmm. essentially. But uh, yeah, take me through kind of your artistic process of like from not just start to finish, but like how you, you know get inspiration to do it, get out of ruts to like get doing it. Because a lot of times, especially with somebody who has like a full-time job, um, finding time to do art is mm -hmm. super tough. Yeah. So take me through that whole process. Oof. Um, that's a long one. We <laughs> yeah. could talk the whole time about yeah. this, but essentially, um, every painting I start is a different way of starting it. I never like to start two paintings the same meaning Sometimes I'll start with like a color palette of like, oh, I like these colors together. What what calls to me when I think of these colors or, oh, like I found this image or took this image that like really speaks to me with emotion, expression. What what colors and what scheme and what size of painting should this be? Yeah. Um, sometimes I start just by throwing a bunch of paint on <laughs> and just being like, let's see how ugly I can make this. I don't care what it looks like. And then what comes from that? Um, is different every time. Um, and I think that curiosity is what creates my art and like what creates the emotion in my art. Um, because without it, it's just kind of like this, it becomes dull if I'm yeah. not like super curious every brushstroke I create. Um, 
but what was the other question? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just about uh, your process and, yeah. uh, and how you go from like mm. the starting of it and having time to like yeah. find time to do it, especially with work. Because yeah. I know I've definitely gotten those ruts where it's like I'm working and it's just like, oh, I know I should be doing stuff. Yes. And then three weeks go by and you're like, I should have done stuff that whole time. But Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's crazy because it's not just tape, like making time to actually sit down and do the art. Yeah. It's creating the space around that before and after the walks that you have yeah. and the friends you're talking to that inspire you and further like make your art what it is and have expression um for me like it's meditation like recentering myself is the biggest yeah. obstacle and like joy <laughs> to, yeah. to create my art because if i'm not present when i'm creating my art then i'm not it's not me making it like right. it's just me making it for something else or some other external reason. But when, um, so like creating time for my art involves like meditation before and, um, taking a walk or something, some sort of exercise. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much more than just like the few hours that I'm actually sitting there creating the art. Yeah. Uh, could not really more if you just like blank page and you're just like, <laughs> go be creative. It's a, it's some things, no. <laughs> especially like as designers, and I'm sure a photographer Molly would agree, who's a designer, is like, it's really hard for somebody to just go, go be creative. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of brings me to a question with like your art is that I couldn't see a world where you would be able to like, somebody commissions you to do something very exact. Maybe it's like, like, how do you balance the, uh, the, like, I want this compared to like how you like, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like. It's what's going to look like whatever I come up with. Yeah. Like basically that, like getting guidelines for your artwork. I couldn't see that working. It's really hard. Yeah. And I've had a few people being like, I'm imagining this, like, what can you do with it? Like have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And so for the first, you know, five hours I'm sitting there like, cause now there's oh, pressure no. too. Yeah. <laughs> like this person's <laughs> already offered me like a, lump sum payment yeah. like am i is this painting gonna be worth that to them what are they gonna think of it when they get it like maybe mm. they were envisioning something else so um some i i haven't went down that path too much because yeah. i don't trust myself enough to not just be like what do you want me to paint and yeah. like get lost in that um but i would say like my important like move in that when i was doing commissions is okay so this person's envisioning um blue colors and you know this certain pose or something or this certain scene I don't know how can I make that mine how is that not me painting oh what would they like but like what would I like in my house yeah. how do I want it to look and then just sink into that what would I want it to be because they commissioned me to be the artist. They're not yeah. the artist. Yeah. They're paying me to paint their stuff. So, um, separating myself from what they want and what I think looks good is like the greatest struggle. <laughs> and also yeah. like, um, can be like just the, the key to, yeah, I think, uh, you had a really good point where, they hired you to be an artist and not the other way around. And I love that. Um, but you talked uh, a little bit ago about uh, kind of finding, finding, like finding the inspiration and uh, like trusting yourself with what you want. How did that come about? Cause I 
Because as an artist, I doubt there was a time where as soon as you started, you're like, I, I'm great and I should just trust myself all the time. Uh, yeah, like, no. <laughs> how did you build that up? The confidence to be like, no, 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 I have made good stuff. I can make good stuff and I will if I just, you know, believe in yourself for a cheesy way to put it. But yeah, yeah. it started a very long time ago, <laughs> this process. Um, throughout my life, there's been ups and downs. There's been points where I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. And there's been days where I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Why did I even start this? But when I was young um, is when my my art process kind of started. And there was a few people that I did like, like my uncle one day sat down with me when I was like, I don't know, 10 and was showing me some like shadowing work, how to shade with like a graphite pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, my kindergarten teacher randomly, she, she was like an amazing artist and throughout my life she's been really supportive of my art but um when i was like in third grade i think i randomly like won some raffle to do an art lesson with her and so there's been like little snippets of people being like wait you kind of got something figured out like you're picking this up easily um which then i was kind of like hmm maybe i'm figuring something out at that young age and then i started cutting out magazine pictures of people and i would put them up to my window and I would trace their faces uh-huh. so I could get that like shape right, like the proportions yeah. right. And then I would try to shade it and make it look good. And really early, my family was just like, whoa, like you're a sixth grader and seventh grader. And you're like kind of figuring out shading and proportions. And I was like, oh, I'm just like tracing it. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, So that was kind of like a stint of like, oh, like I think I have something. Um, and through high school, I got really into black and white hyper-realism portraiture of people. Anyone that has like wrinkles, like <laughs> hands, ears, like I loved painting like or drawing at the time, yeah. charcoal drawing. Um, I loved seeing if I could make it look like the photo. And that's when I was like, whoa, like people like what I'm doing. This is yeah. cool. Like people are really impressed by this. And like, it's like kind of like, comes naturally to me and I get into like this zone with it and that led me to a bit of a dead end because I became attached to perfectionism yeah and that and praise I, you were getting as yeah well. and yeah. people and I had this like idea of like well now I can't like make anything bad because people think I'm good at art <laughs> yeah so, now like, there's, now there's it's pressure gotta be perfect yeah. like everything that comes out of these hands has to be perfect <laughs> which is just like a dead end yeah because <laughs> just looking around at your art, there's a clear progression of like the separation of how that happened. So I'm so mm-hmm. interested in how you went from that yeah. to this like <laughs> abstract, very clearly a style. Yeah. So through that high school, like, um, perfect, like perfectionist art, like painting, like portrait, like, or, um, hyper realism portraits, um, taught me so much about shade and shadow. So I'm so grateful I went through that and like had that. And then through the end of high school, I was kind of like, what am I going to do for college? Like my friends are going to be lawyers and doctors (laughs) and my sister's a physical therapist. Like that sounds like the route maybe for me to be successful. I have to be like maybe, you know, a doctor or like physical therapist. And both my parents were like, 
just like do art natalia like what are you doing like yeah. follow what you know and what you're good at which i'm like so eternally grateful that they gave that That's to huge. me yeah that um, huge support system is massive. and my dad was like literally like just go to art school like go to art school i don't care i'll pay for it. like just like so mm. so much offered in that um which so many people don't get the joy of like experiencing um so i'm eternally grateful for that push and then the girl that sat in front of me in math class in high school was like, I'm going to architecture school. And I was like, huh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I had thought about interior design plenty, but kind of knew that that also felt like I wouldn't make much money doing it. So I very last minute applied for architecture school. And I was like, maybe this is something <laughs> I'm going to do. I don't know. <laughs> and like my essays were short and thrown together. But um, I think I made a... A uh, good case for myself because I got into the school <laughs> and I went in actually as interior architecture. Um, and I kind of stopped doing art outside of architecture school for those like three oh, really? years. Yeah, there was like no, like I can't off the top of my head think of like a single piece of art that I did in that time period. Um, and that's when I felt like a fraud for being like, <laughs> yeah. for calling myself an artist in any way. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, maybe that was just like my high school like Phase thing I was into. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's really easy to get into that. But um, architecture school taught me a lot about how to trick the eye. Mm -hmm. I took a color theory class, which everything even in architecture school that I did up until like I took this color theory class, like late second year was black and white. Like everything I drew, all my architecture was black and white. that makes sense with architecture, yeah. Yeah, and it was like a cool style, but then all of a sudden I was like, wait, color theory, this is so cool. I want yeah. everything to be colorful all the time. And then I, um, my architecture work started getting more colorful and like, I wasn't doing creative work outside of architecture, but all of my renderings were completely like atmospheric, mm -hmm. not using like a standard rendering um, software, sure. I guess. Um, so it was, I really wanted to evoke the feeling of the space and not the space. It's not what does the space look like? It's what will you feel like when you go into the space? Um, That's huge. And then I was still like, well, I don't want to get back into art because I'm going to be bad at it. Oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Which was a fun um, mental few months for do. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe a couple of years. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I guess I just like sat down with myself for a minute and I was like, what's missing here? And I started through a series of discoveries. I started meditating and it's been life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> I am a big advocate. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it just really stripped down a lot of my, what should it be? What should it look like? Who do I think I am? Like, yeah. does it have to be perfect? Yeah. And I just sat with my body and was really present with myself um, for like, well, I've been meditating ever since, but for like six months, I was just meditating. There wasn't really art happening and um, COVID hit at this point. So I was doing architecture school from home. I do not recommend. <laughs> um, and then it was like summer. I was living by myself and I was like working 
not a lot. I was working like 10 hours a week. I was not making good money. <laughs> I was just like kind of dinking around between classes because it was COVID. Like no one was around and I was meditating a lot. And I was like, literally just one day I was like, fuck it. I'm getting, I'm going to the arts, like the craft store. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to get. And then went to the craft store and I like stumbled upon some oil paints and um in the craft store I pulled out my phone and looked up everything you need to buy to be an oil painter <laughs> and looked up like a five minute YouTube video of like someone being like okay you mix the oil with the paint and then to clean your brushes you have this to is have all this in the, in the uh, aisle all in the yes aisle. Michaels yeah <laughs> not a fan of Michaels yeah. but I was there <laughs> Um, and I walked away with like $80 worth of oil paints, which I did not have $80 to spend, <laughs> but I was, I was say, like, you were a college kid. So yeah. Yeah. But I was like, this is calling me. I'm buying it. And I went home with it and I was like, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> Why did I do this? I'm broke. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, so I just started like throwing paint on a canvas. Cause I was like, whatever, I'm not going to like be super serious about this. Like, yeah. Let's make this ugly. Like, let's see how ugly I can make this because I'm tired. I'm so tired of trying to sit here and make what I'm about to paint perfect. Yeah. Like nothing's coming. So let's just like make it shit. Yeah. How long did it take you to go from like just looking at it and be like, how do I do it? To just like, you know, fuck it. Um, I would say sitting down like three hours, but like walking (laughs) by it every day in my apartment, just looking at it and be like, oh, like (laughs) this sucks. I hate this feeling. Don't want to be wasting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually I just sat down with my work and I was like, just threw some paint on, um, walked by it for another four weeks, maybe (laughs) more. And then I was like, you know what? what do I know how to do? I know how to do people and I know how to do shade and shadow. How can I incorporate that to like this mess of paint that I just put on this canvas? Um, and then I started painting a person on this canvas and I started making it kind of obscure. This person was moving. They were smoking. It was like a very moving painting. And then I was like, Oh, (laughs) this is cool. And I really had no idea of what I was doing with like oil paints, but I did it right. I don't know why, but watch those YouTube videos. Yeah. yeah, The one, the like two and a half probably YouTube videos I watched were very handy. Um, And that is an early painting. And then also this one is like my third. I was going to ask if you had the first painting still. The first one, well, this one I did sign. They can't see it. But this one I did simultaneously to my first painting. Oh, wow. um, and it is on my Instagram. So okay, I can well, show you at some yeah. point. But this is right up there with like yeah. number three. And this one started with me just literally throwing paint on, being like, I hate it. This sucks. Walking by it for two months. And then one day I was in class and I was very bored. And then I was like, oh. I know what it needs to be. And I like left my Zoom class and just started painting and it came out in like a few days to a week. Yeah, um, I love that. So the importance of just sitting with your work and being patient with patient with it and not telling your work what it needs to be, but um, instead letting your work tell you what it wants to be was a great lesson for me and yeah. continues to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I always like to ask like what your biggest rut is, but I'm pretty sure you just talked to talked to me all oh, through it. Oh, there's been more. <laughs> oh, there's been more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a project or painting or I mean, we'll get into some of the other art you do as well, where you were really stoked about it 
And then the reception just wasn't there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I have a big like two panel piece that's like blue um, on one side and red on the other. It's two panels and it like flows it's behind us, but they're not together. But um, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is such a cool idea. And it is a cool painting. I think I need to sit with it a little longer. But when it went up and I like made prints of it, it was just like, Eh, like that's nice <laughs> that's a nice thing to look at and I was like wow this is like awesome feedback um and a great experience for people to be so indifferent about this piece that I was really excited about sharing um so yes <laughs> long answer short yes yeah this one <laughs> this yeah. one specifically um cool uh yeah going into some of your other art uh it seems like you were encouraged from an early age with like the drawing and which helped kind of aid you. It's not like you started uh, painting from scratch, right? You had some of the background in it. Mm -hmm. Can you take me through like some of the other art you do? So the music and then I always, what? A uh, lino cut prints. Lino cut prints. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm going to again say, I don't know what that is yeah. uh, um, and let you explain it to me. <laughs> music. I'll start with that one. Cool. Music started young at like, I think 10, I started lessons, um, oh. like guitar lessons. And I had a teacher that was really into finger style picking guitar lessons. Um, so I got good at like picking and um, my parents, like once I decided to do guitar, they were like, well, you have to do it all the time now. <laughs> like, like you have to stick with it. You can't just like start it and then be like, eh, I don't like like the blues, which is so cool that I was learning blues as a 10 year old. Yeah. Like what? You don't really appreciate but how But then cool when you're 10, was. you're like, I want to learn like Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> um, so I didn't appreciate it probably as much as I could have. So my parents would make me practice and my dad was big on just like practice. Like that is how you get good at things. That's how you like refine your skills. Um, and really like instilled that in me. Um, so he would make me practice and then eventually after like a year, they couldn't get me to stop playing. <laughs> um, and I would play for long stints, which I guess that's how most things go. Um, but I, so, yeah, I stuck with music and I play it and I have fun with it still. And through college, I did like a few shows and a oh, few, nice. um, I write a lot of, um, music like lyrical music, which I really enjoy. So it's fun to have a small little community of people <laughs> that I play with. And, mm -hmm. um, I do like sharing it, but it's something I'm much more shy about. Yeah. And, um, cause like this, like painting is something I'm so vulnerable with while I'm painting it. But then once I paint it, I'm still, it's still such like a, that's like my soul on the page, but it's also like, okay, well I, the performance is done, you know, Yeah. but playing music for people is very like, you have to sit with that person instead of just with yourself and just like open up a bit in ways that I'm not practiced in. Right. <laughs> so um, I do love playing music and singing and, um, practicing, but it's something I share a little less. Yeah. And, uh, the live performance part is interesting because I was going to ask about the differences between, you know, performing live and, mm -hmm. uh, painting, but I feel like the biggest one's got to be that almost instant feedback from playing music compared mm -hmm. to this, where you're like, here's my thing. Now you can go react, but you don't see the whole process. Yeah. And like, it's kind of like, what if when I'm playing, I 
my voice cracks or my (laughs) voice stops working halfway through like it's active versus Mm -hmm. painting it's like oh i painted it i already decided that i liked it or that it's good whatever you want good to be Mm. and like i've already just like kind of detached myself from people can like it they can hate it like it's all good but when you're actively playing music you're like i need to perform and like make sure I sound good and look good at the same yeah. time and like that I'm playing all the right things and that like I yeah. end on the right note. So yeah, you can't it's much just more like of an active walk role. around a stage for three weeks and being like, okay, I'll play this note now for you and then yeah. I'll come back. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit, it's a good fit different than, um, art. Yeah. Um, but music is beautiful that like you can play with people and yeah. I love that aspect of creating music with someone, um, that with my art, at the moment at least it's much more of a personal process and much more of just like my own me sitting with myself painting um i'm trying to build my art community of (laughs) friends and people Mm -hmm. um but it is just such a personal process still (laughs) i like that and then with that personal process uh talked about it a little bit but where does imposter syndrome come in especially when you're like selling your art and doing everything that's like yeah it's a fun thing for you to do but at the same time you do you know sell some of your art and it's oh i wouldn't say it's a full-time career but it's like it's something that could lead that way so where does that imposter syndrome kind of seep in yeah um when i like come to a rut of like not painting my brain is quick to go oh like that was a phase even though it's like (laughs) like not a face and this last rut that I had was very much me just sitting with myself being like I still do what I do I still love what I do just because I'm having like a moment of like kind of dry stale art creative process is blocked like doesn't make me any less of an artist but it's really hard to sit with that feeling of being like I can't paint and like (laughs) I can't do like my art and what I love to do it's so frustrating but um sitting with that frustration is what will get you out of it quickly Mm -hmm. the quickest um but when i was in that last rut i picked up lino cut prints printmaking which is just you like carve out kind of like this rubbery block um like you carve an image out and then you just like roll over it and stamp it so it's kind of like a rubber stamp that you're making oh okay yeah yeah and that was great to like ease my discomfort with being stuck in my oil painting because it's like, oh, I can do this at like the park. I can do this while watching a movie, talking with friends. Like, um, but it's not something like when I try something new, I'm very willing for it to be bad. And when something's bad, when you're willing to let something be bad is when your best work usually comes out. Um, So taking time away from what you're really good at or what you feel like you're good at is really important to like reevaluate. How can I come back into this with the same curiosity I had when I was first learning to be an oil painter? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I spark that same just like, hmm, like, what will this do? Like, how can I try this in a new way? Like, what is what I'm doing? Because I've not mastered it. I'm not Mm -hmm. a master at oil painting at all, but... Once you kind of know and come familiar with it, some of that curiosity does go away. So reigniting that through other mediums by practicing other mediums, 
Um, and just being curious with other mediums can help you come back to that original medium that you were working in with like a new eye. Yeah, that's that's huge to have uh, to have those different mediums of like, oh, I can rely. I can rely on if oil painting's not working out, I'll just go play music. I'll just, mm -hmm. you know, go do your and printing. And like bottle, I used to be really good at like bottlenecking my creativity. I've always had guitar. I've always had art, but something about like that hand to the page is mm. different, obviously, than creating music. It's visual, yeah. not sound based. So um, trying not to like bottleneck all of your art into like one like oil paintings where all my creativity right. will go will like deplete the creativity that lives in your oil painting. Um, so if you have a more dynamic set of things you can, your creativity can flow through, then you'll have a lot more creativity that's being generated from all the other things you're interested in. Yeah. Uh, especially in kind of the design world, there's this there, you kind of get rewarded for bottlenecking, <laughs> excuse me, where like, if you get really, really good at illustrating, uh, you can just be an illustrator. Uh, which is like great and it's awesome for like a career path. But in terms of creativity, I feel like it's, I wouldn't say boring, but it's like if you just focus on one thing and you're not curious about all the other things, you're not going to get that inspiration Yeah, as you'll well. also get tired of it. Exactly. Inevitably. Burned out eventually. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is A, the burnout, but B, like I'm sure music has inspired some, some of that, but indirectly, not, mm -hmm. not in like a, oh, I did music and now I have to paint about it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, talking about like doing something that you're not good at. Um, one of my favorite writers, and I always come back to it, that's applicable, not just to writing, but to everything, is you have to just start putting out a bunch of really, really bad stuff to say that you've, oh, I put it out. I've mm -hmm. been doing it. I'm actually producing things because there's nothing worse than uh, kind of getting forward in a creative process and just being like, ah, this is bad. I quit. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the biggest thing that relates to your art is that you come back and forth on stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions I had is like, you don't sit down and just like do one painting at a time. Oh, like, are there multiple not. paintings yeah. going on at yes. once? Yeah. There's a few in this shot that are in process. <laughs> yeah. um, the best way for me to paint is have every piece of paint, every piece of art at a different phase, yeah. different approach to the piece. And like, no, like the hardest thing about finishing a painting is knowing when it's finished. I was going to ask, when do you know, especially you when don't. you're coming back? Some forth. of these I varnished and I'm like, oh, like I could keep going. I could keep going for decades on the same piece. But at some point you're like, what is that fine line of like finished? But is it finished? Um, and some of the paintings that I've been like, oh, that's not finished. I've been like. I've sold them. <laughs> I've so sold they're them. done now. Yeah. So they're done. Yeah. They're done. And I'm like, yeah. once someone says, oh, I want to buy that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's finished. Like <laughs> for sure. Like it is finished in the sense that like it's complete. It's a piece. It looks lovely. Could I spend another 10 hours on that? I could spend 20. Yes. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, but you can always spend more time on it. So it's yeah. just like balancing where it looks good. But also like with my artwork, I really focus on blurring some of the lines between the person and the expression, how to paint motion. And a lot of that is quick work. That's not like you can get really into the details and into the weeds. And that takes away a lot of the expression and movement um, that I want my paintings to have. Yeah. You talked about the movement and expression and a lot of that. Um, do you ever get, 
almost like frustrated because when when I create something, whether it's like, you know, video or whatever it is, there are some like really small details that I'm like, oh, this is like the coolest part of this video that I'll show somebody and they just skip right over it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever have that with your paintings where you're like, please notice that part, please notice that part. And uh, basically, how do you like communicate where you want people to like focus? To look? Yeah. Um, I don't want to tell people how to look at my art. Yeah is a big thing. <laughs> I definitely have things that I focus more on in my pieces that are highlighted in the sense that they uh, compositionally are the focus just mm. based on where they're placed or um, what's going on around it. But often, like, I want my paintings to be looked at as a whole. Um, and there's parts of the painting that I work on really, really hard that turn out bad. <laughs> and there's parts yeah. that I worked on just for, like, a second, and it's just, like... So good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> can't get enough of it. So I wouldn't say time is the best way to measure, like, um, the piece, the part of the painting that I want to focus on most or want people to focus on most. But with anything, like, the whole painting, like, it's a sum of its parts. Yeah. You know, it is it is a whole. Um, and there's separate parts to it, but it all creates the vision. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, uh, you spoke a lot about, even with your architecture, like having somebody have a feeling about it instead of just, you know, purely looking at it. Uh, one of my favorite bands is the Front Bottoms, and they have very, very relatable lyrics, but they're almost like vague in a way. Mm-hmm. And I've heard multiple interviews with their uh, with the person who writes them all, and he makes it very clear now that he's not going to tell you exactly what it mm-hmm. what this means to him. It's more about how you feel about it. Yeah. Have you ever had a piece where it's very very clearly a feeling you're trying to evoke and then somebody else maybe on Instagram or somebody seeing it yeah. is a completely opposite or something different. I mean, a big one to talk about is that my work is of women and like mm-hmm. some naked women and like it's easy for people to look at it and just be like sex, like sexualize it. Yeah. And that's great for them if that's what they want to see. That's not why I painted it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I painted it because um it's expressive and it's uh raw and it's um like stripped down and there's something about that that has to do also with like just emotions being stripped down and out in the open um so people will just be like oh wow like (laughs) you just like to draw like naked women and I'm like sure if that's how you want to see it that's wonderful for you um that's not how I see it Mm -hmm. that's never how I'll see it Um, but I'm not going to tell people how to see my work and I'm just going to create the work I want to create. And like, there's plenty of people that have been like, well, Natalia, like I can't put your work in my house because like I have kids, like I don't want like (laughs) my kids to like have like this nude person in their house growing up. And I'm like, that's totally fine. Like, I love that for you. Like you might want to find a different painter. (laughs) I'm sure eventually like my painting, um, subject will change and alter and it does continually um but um at the moment that's what i'm painting and yeah if people don't like that then that's wonder like i have no problem with that you can't control other people yeah Yeah. and like people feeling like anger or dislike towards my paintings is also like a wonderful thing like they're feeling this visceral reaction to something they're seeing and even if it's negative they're still reacting and i would say that's better than indifference yeah um 
Yeah, speaking on that, uh, how does like getting feedback from strangers and everything like that, how does like Instagram, social media, all that stuff play into it? Because in a perfect world, you make your art, people find your art and mm -hmm. you know, you have that great interaction. Mm -hmm. But with the new age of like Instagram, yeah, how does that play into your art? I'm not like super well versed on Instagram. <laughs> I avoid it whenever possible. Yeah. Um and my art Instagram, I do like to share my work and I love to post it, but the whole like people reacting to it is a bit more like, eh, like, I don't know, which <laughs> is probably why I have less followers, you know, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a direct correlation. Um, but I do like people reacting to my work does get to my head course, when people are like, course. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love this one. And like when a lot of people like one type, my brain will be like, okay, like that'll make me money. <laughs> like that'll yeah. like, people will like this if I paint this. And I get back into that like high school and just continual mindset of painting something for someone else's pleasure. Yeah. And that's my last rut that I had of, Last year, I was sharing my work a lot. I had it up at coffee shops pretty much most of the months oh, no. last year and like a, a gallery, which was exciting. Um, but it was so much output. And I did this little like market and shared my work. I was selling prints. Like it was the first year where I was like putting my work out there, started my Instagram, started my website. And then October hit and I was like, I got nothing. Like <laughs> I'm not painting. I can't do this. Like I realized the work I had painted the last couple months had been forced. Yeah. Not for you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that tinge of being like, well, what would other people want to see? <laughs> Which is easy to get into, but it really took like until like last month for me to get back into my work for painting what I want to paint and for myself. Um, but once I started painting for other people, my creative juices were just like, nah, like, yeah. You gotta wait. You gotta sit on that one. <laughs> and an then awesome sitting in that yeah. was like really uncomfortable. Um, but meditation really helped me just to like sit with that discomfort and work through it. And I think had I not just sat with it and been like, okay, like this sucks. This doesn't feel good, but I'm gonna feel it and I'm gonna sit with it. Um, I would still be there and I yeah. would still be in that space. Yeah. So. You might still be, you might've been making more money or doing all this stuff, sure, but yeah. it's not the art that you want to be yeah. making. And I know. had some more coffee shops set up to have my work in like the last couple months, but I canceled. I was like, I just, and I like pretty much went off Instagram, like stopped selling prints, like pretty much went, went off the, off the grid in that yeah. sense. Um, and it was exactly what I needed. And, yeah. um, so finding the balance between sharing my work, other people's feedback, what they think of it and being with my work and having my own critic and my own journey in it. Um, that balance is like, yeah, I don't huge. know how people do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I, it would just be so easy to go to your head and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, well, the last question I'll ask, and I always say that, and I know that I'll have another question, um, is what are your like goals, some milestones? Uh, I always like to say like, what, where, where would you be if you made it? And, uh, it's very subjective, but, mm -hmm. uh, I kind of tailored it more towards like, what 
milestones are you going after next? Because everybody knows if you're doing art or if you're creative in any way that you might set milestones. And then once you get there, you're not like, well, I'm done. I'm good. Uh, It's always, there's always a next one. So what's the current milestone that you're looking at right now? At the moment, just sitting with my work and being present with it. But um, in the future, I definitely want to grow my like external output of you know showing people art and like i would love to be in bigger galleries that's a big one um would you ever want to open your own i would i would be fascinating i i had this little like (laughs) dream of like designing my own building it i was gonna say with the architecture and then having like my little loft upstairs (laughs) like it's perfect but um yeah i would love to have my own gallery doing art full-time sometimes feels like oh that would be interesting but then sometimes I'm like I'm so grateful I don't make like do this for money because then I would really want to make art that other people liked yeah, that's like we like, just talked about that pressure exactly would come back it like, like oh no, I gotta make pay rent, rent. <laughs> like <laughs> um so I'm really grateful that at the moment that's not my f- main source of income but I would love it if it became like a large portion of my income that um could be like well in- integrated also somehow into my architecture work Um, I don't know. The vision is there, but it's, um, undecided. Yeah. It's always a tough question because it's like in, if you're getting interviewed for a job and somebody asks, what, yeah, where do you see yourself in five five years? years. It's like five years ago, I was like living in Michigan, making like minimum wage. Like it's a much different world and not making Mm -hmm. art or anything or doing stuff like this. Um, so it's always an interesting question because, uh, it lets people think like, what what's like the big dream and i love the mm-hmm. the that it kind of came out the dream of like oh building your own gallery that's yeah. like with the architecture and everything that's and awesome like having like i have this wonderful space right now that's a studio space for me but having like a big space where i can just make a mess and like yeah. it's not someone else's house too and like <laughs> yeah. um i can just like um have like a big space to work and collaborate with people. I would love to do more of that and meeting artists. Um, so yeah. Oh, love that. Um, yeah. Is there uh, anything, I mean, obviously we'll throw your website up, your Instagram, all that good stuff. Is there anything else you want people to be aware of? Um, I don't think so. My Instagram, my website, I'm selling prints. I'm selling my work. Um, I'm open to commissions, even though what we just talked about, I would yeah. love well, to Well, if they got it this far, they know exactly what that <laughs> they means. They know what's so, up. Yeah. 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 They know what yeah. they're getting into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for being on. Thank um, you so much yeah, we'll for We'll make having sure to plug me. all your stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's been super fun. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs>